I'm excited to see, you know, the, the, the curated collections make this so much easier and, and like for, for people to, to actually know that they're buying something legit. So I, I think this is really good for the, like for the Pepe community, but also I, I could definitely see you guys with your new marketplace. If you guys start actually catering to the, the rest of the vintage historic NFT scene, no marketplaces like has taken, like even shown an iota of interest in doing that. I think you guys could really capture a lot of volume there too. Absolutely love to hear it. And that is exactly our intentions. Yo, Adam, what is good? The Pepe Show is finally here, man. How long have we been talking about doing this for? <laughs> we were debating in the, the, the way, way back long, long ago, like just do Pepe shows. That was the one of the first ideas was like, if we want to do a show, should we just do a Pepe show and that be the show? So here we are, man. Come almost full, full circle from those first ideas, man. Oh man, took a year to get to where we are today. <laughs> you know, we just announced that the migrations are complete with some caveats, of course. I pinned to the top the spaces for the show. Please make sure that everybody retweets this so that we could get the word out about the Pepe show. I'll go into details in a little bit about what we expect from the show. What are the plans? We have a lot to cover, but for real, I do want to make the rounds first. Skrilla, what's good, bro? Yo, what up? What's good? What's, what's good? Dude, Skrilla was DMing me last night, telling me that was the first time he'd used <laughs> Emblem in, in two years and how he hates it. Bruh, everything seems like a rug. I was getting all these like third party. I went and looked at, like, at that third party contract thing, and I'm like, oh, this guy, <laughs> shit looks like a fucking... I don't know, dude. I don't understand how it's always like this shit can access all your NFTs. I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Why would I agree? <laughs> Motherfucker, I access all my NFTs. So, yeah, fun, 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 yeah. fun time. Fun times over yeah. on Ethereum, but that's why we stay on Bitcoin for for the most part. Dogfather, GMGM, bro. Hey, what's good? I mean, I completely understand Skrilla. I mean, it's just a totally different world. I mean, if you come from Counterparty and uh, used to the wallets and, you know, the marketplace and everything, it looks like a different world. But, I mean, you have to acknowledge that like 99% of the people uh, buying the stuff may sit there and they are like used to the other world, like MetaMask and everything. And if you want to cater them, if you want to broaden the distribution, if you want to get... Fresh eyes, fresh collectors, um, big collectors in there. I mean, you have to go where the money is. Uh, that's it. That's uh, exactly where it is. I'm letting some people on stage. If anyone wants to come join, please do. We want to make this a very open discussion. Again, that will go into some details. Zero G, man, long time no talk. Great interview you posted yesterday. One of our favorite Pepe interviewers. How are you doing? Oh, doing pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, the 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 curated collections make this so much easier and, and like for for people to, to actually know that they're buying something legit. So I I think this is really good for the like for the Pepe community, but also I I could definitely see you guys with your new marketplace if you guys start actually catering to the the rest of the vintage historic NFT scene, no marketplaces like has taken like even shown an iota of interest in doing that. I think you guys could really capture a lot of volume there too. 
Absolutely love to hear it. And that is exactly our intentions. We will go into, you know, migrations, emblem markets. We'll go into that a little bit. Also, if you guys don't know, Adam and I video live stream this as well. So if, if you get confused why Adam and I are talking through my account, it's because we're live streaming this. If anyone on stage or anybody wants to join the live stream, just shoot me a DM. We do not, unfortunately, we do not allow Anons on screen because my video editor hates just having to edit. <laughs> you gotta button. have a face. <laughs> you gotta have a face. That's how the marketing works here. Chris, what's good, bro? Yo, super stoked for today's show. Get Pepe's rolling. Migration went great. So good to see Pepe's just, you know, enter a new phase of discoverability and kind of open up to the rest of the NFT world since they've kind of been sought out for so long, even though they've had such a huge impact broadly. So super stoked to get this rolling and happy to see where we go. Let's get it. Yeah, absolutely. For those that don't know, Chris is the one of the newest is the newest member of Emblem. He lives out here in Vegas with me. We had our previous business adventure together. So make sure you give him a follow as he's now joining us on the spaces and working uh, with the Emblem team. Last but not least, Theo, man, one of our favorite memers. What is good? And maybe uh, Namecoin the swears. <laughs> uh, Namecoin's great. I love Namecoin. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the the ones that are sold as old are expired. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the real one. Anyway, but guess what? I have something better. Welcome to uh, Theo's Rug Store. I'm now officially a rug salesman. You can check it out, rugpool.info. You can get your own special rug pool. You can have it at your home. You can show it off at your dinner party, your house party, You know your favorite rug, Pepe rug a real life rug pool for at your home. These are real physical items and you get a token too. And uh, yeah, I'm just showing rugpool.info. You know, I need to do like, you know, kind of like those furniture store ads where they have, they show like movies with a bunch of ads in them or something like that, you know, but yeah, rugs, physical rugs. That's do the rugs, do the rugs yeah. disappear after a certain amount of time? It's like a true rug pull. It just vanishes. No, no, that only if you vanish it. I mean, you have the physical rug and it has directions on it. It says pull here and it's up to you. You know, I don't support any activity that hurts anybody. You know, it's only for entertainment purposes only. But if you wanted to test it out, if you could actually do a physical rug pull, you could. Although the whole time after you order and between the time you order and you get it, you probably are thinking in your mind, did I get rugged? Adam, it's a it's actually called a slow rug. He's gonna use faulty faulty linen and strings slowly falls apart over time. It slowly disintegrates. Kind of like my PFP collection. Hundred percent polyester, dankest artwork. And yet, how many rug I mean, you could be the first person on your block to have a physical rug pool. I mean, how many people have a Pepe or a Wojak rug? in their home when you go visit them. I mean, some people might have some framed artwork, you know, that kind of thing, but not many people are part of the elite that have an actual rug in their home. Now I did see this in, in, it was like the second tweet, I think he had a link in there. Uh, Last but not least, man, paging Dr. Sus. How are you doing this morning? Yo, Fio, Fio, Shalom, everybody doing pretty good over here. I just got back from the mountains of Kakistan, believe it or not. We had a little bit of a 
wedding uh, reception. You know, I, I eloped just a few weeks ago, uh, but we had the reception. The mountains of Kekistan were just, you couldn't believe this. It was unbelievable. And a quick shout out to Squilla, my guy. Uh, Theo, my man, please, in Miami, Alt Basel, can you please, like, you know, when you go into New York City and they have the rugs set up on the, you know, on the tables outside on the streets, please, please, please go into full-blown character and just chill the hell out of your carpets and your rugs, man. I really want to buy one. That would be such an immersive experience. And, uh, of course, Jake and the Emblem team, Adam, you guys are doing the Lord Kex Walk Hill with making the with making what you're making it's truly unbelievable and if there's anybody here who believes otherwise that these are not going to be absolute madness in the next bull run then you should just leave this space right now i mean not the get space. out now get out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah just 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 the twiddle space run right now so you can gather your thoughts and collect your energies and and rehome but unbelievable work guys love what you're doing and a uh, shout out to all my friends down there on the stage so uh, thanks for having me love you all and god bless yeah absolutely perfect so we have kind of a, a long string of things to go through today i do want to emphasize kind of like what the the whole idea of this show is adam and i had been discussing this for again quite some time we talked about it in the beginning we wanted to we hadn't seen really like a a a go-to or de facto kind of like Pepe NFT space where you could share kind of everything that's happening in the ecosystem. You know, Adam and I work at Emblem, but we wanted the show to be beyond Emblem. It's just all Pepe NFT ecosystems, you know, notable Pepes, fake rares, emerging art Pepe artists who are, you know, using either ordinals or they're using counterparty or stamps or whatever your protocol of choices you know, this is a, a space to come and, you know, if you want to chill your memes or just come in and kind of showcase the new and emerging artists and creators in the space, we will be inviting different guests. Probably we'll do this bi-weekly to start. Eventually, you know, we'd like to do this weekly. It'll take some time over time. So if you have any ideas or you want to contribute to the show, please, please feel free to reach out or hop on stage and engage in the discussion. Again, it is a very open space. So we're going to start off. I want to start off with Pepe Fest. Emblem was one of the sponsors at Pepe Fest. That's where we revealed Emblem Markets, which we'll go into for a little bit. But I'd like to tap this off to, to Skrilla. I, I had heard that Pepe uh, Fest, this was the fourth year, if it was my understanding. Can you just go into the very basic details of the history of Pepe Fest and what it was about? So this is the first official Pepe Fest where Rare Pepe's, fake rares, and scarcity combined forces to bring kind of what we've been doing more randomly over the last three years to one, like, you know, bigger, longer event. So, yeah, we started, like, actually, scarcity through the first one, Pepe's art in New York during the, uh, I think it was 2021 NFT NYC, like, satellite event. And then from there, Fake Rares did one in Miami. And, you know, we kind of like, we've, I think Fake Rares has done about four or five events prior to this. And, uh, you know, Scarce probably done about three or four, maybe five. But they also set up like Bitcoin Amsterdam and some other stuff. So they, they actually have probably more event experience overall. And then, you know, Rare Peppy, of course, uh, just kind of tying it all together and kind of just spreading the gospel of like how you know rare pepes came about and how the whole pepe ecosystem 
has jumped off and just kind of showcasing that in a three-day event gallery auction some uh nightlife events and just trying to get like you know just having a good dank time in paris and sharing pepes and you know it's always good to meet up with people in real life you know people that you're talking to on the internet and trading with and just conversing with and just getting ideas and yeah it was it was huge success i mean i don't think it could have gone off any better yeah it, it was great I, I don't know if you have any specific questions but yeah a lot of fun over there uh yeah so the fir- first question i have and then i'll pass it to adam for for some of the after Seemed like one of the highlights was Joe Looney's workshop. I did invite him on. It looks like he couldn't make it today. Yeah. If either either Skrilla or Theo, you want to dive into how that event went or that workshop. Oh, I just I was just really excited about. I just want to talk about the uh, now they're called Fest Rares. So Joe Looney did a workshop on two days, and it was basically a very simplified way to mint on Counterparty using a web wallet that you can use with your phone and it has a camera function built in. And uh, he also made these things called mint passes, which is basically a QR code with a little bit of XCP and a little bit of Bitcoin so that you can, so you can, you don't have to do a lot to already mint. And uh, yeah, I don't know how many fest rares were minted, but somebody already did a fest rare directory already in like one day. So it's already a collection. And I have one and uh, they're really good. They're all hand drawn with markers or pencils all on site at the, at the fest itself. And they're all really badass. So that's basically what I have to say. And there was a range of people taking part. So, you know, OG artists, people that have been around a long time to random new people to kids. So it's a really awesome display of Pepe's. Yeah, there's a few like random people that just came off the streets of Paris. That, that was the good thing about the NFT uh, factory. It's literally like in the heart of this like bubbling area in, in Paris. Like we had a lot of people just coming in randomly that, you know, their first experience in Pepe's. I mean, I would say like hundreds of people that never were exposed definitely like stopped by and like gave a walk around. And some of them participated in one of the, the two day, you know, Joe did that for two days where you call them fe- fest rares so yeah i think there's like 50 something in the directory and uh, yeah, it was a good time and like i think re- the rpw.wtf like people need to definitely check it out especially like even like the people have been in pepe's for a while like it's making the experience of like the collecting xcp pepe's like super easy now like all your all your directories are in this wallet you can mint from it pretty easily, like one, basically a one-click mint. You can issue and lock the token and everything using IPFS in that wallet now. He's, he's going to add some more features to it. So it's definitely a huge like improvement, like just from 2016 Rare Pepe wallet to like currently. And you could, of course, you can attach it to your ledger, which I think makes a lot of people, you know, happy. Yeah, way more comfortable. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had it pulled up here on the screen for those that were watching. I would highly recommend t- checking that out if you want that native trading experience. Of course, that is always you know the most secure way to do it. There's trade-offs on on either side. I pulled up here to the let's dive into kind of the the auction items. It's for those that aren't familiar with Pepe's, they might be a little bit confused or maybe taken aback because there's a large amount of 
physical items that are generally auctioned off at Pepe shows or Pepe events. There's it looked like there's actually more physical items than than digital, at least for Scarce.City, which I've pulled up here. Um, would either Scarce, would you like to dive into kind of how is that specifically curated and how do artists contribute to this type of auction? Yeah, so you know, starting with fake rares from when we really started, we've always been adamant on physical pieces as well. So that's just always been part of fake rares, like motto, having some physical pieces, like like collecting the digital pieces and the physical pieces. So, you know, this just was another one of these things where, you know, we had, we literally, I think this one, like overall might've been like the best, like curation of physical pieces. That's kind of like tough to say. There's been a lot of great ones, but I like that. Literally, we had people from all over the world submitting to this. I think Paris made it a lot easier for Europeans to submit so they don't have to send their pieces all the way to New York or Miami or like previous times. So we had a lot more European involvement, which is good. And, uh, you know, as far as like there was there was definitely more physical on the auction site. There was quite a few digital as well, like new Series 16 fake rares that were released, et cetera. But I think the focus was more on physical for like the, uh, the sales items. Like that's that's kind of how it usually is too. Is like usually like Pepe WTF or dispensers is generally the way most people drop their fake rares and and scarcity from time to time has been active in that. But you know we do like that scarcity puts up the digitals and uh, releases them. I think it's still a little tough sometimes for people because it's like coin only and. You know, they have to sign up and, you know, put a bid deposit down. So, you know, there's a little bit of like work to go in before you can bid. So it makes it a little tougher. Yeah, some of this, some of this artwork's absolutely incredible. This one that I've pulled up here was one by Pepe Nardo, sold for 60 million sats, which is $16,000 for a physical piece. Absolutely incredible. It looked like looks like there's about maybe 50 or 60 items through scarce.city and all the bidding is done through the lightning network. So definitely a learning adventure for those who haven't participated. Adam, which one was your favorite piece of artwork that I've been scrolling through? I mean, I like, I like that one that you pulled up and I know he was given away. He did ran a giveaway on, on X this past week. I took part in to try and grab the tokenized, you know, version. He was given one away, but our man Bunzi had the what's it what was it peppy cuts or whatever he did the barber shop yeah, yeah the barber shop pole <laughs> bro he put in a lot of time making that one man i saw you know we were tracking him he was tweeting out you know his build on that one so my man put in a lot of work for that one skrilla were yeah, you no, a bidder, were you a bidder on that one brother or you didn't want to pack that thing home in the, <laughs> on the plane ride home man no, no. I, I think uh, that one, the the big story on that was, is like that, that the way he did it, it kind of like, he made a story out of the whole piece because out front in his NFT factory that, uh, that morning and afternoon, he hired a French barber to come over and give people cuts. Yep. So they were able to get either mullets or get Pepe carved into the side of their head. <laughs> and uh, you know some regular Pepe people did it, but it was funny too because like some like just random like Parisians <laughs> passing by, <laughs> the haircut, they got mulleted up real quick. So that was that was pretty funny, like to see. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. 
One of the underappreciated aspects of the Pepe community is just like the the continual innovation and experimentation with the tokens between physical and digital world, right? There's that kind of infamous X copy tweet where it's like, if you th- if you thought you're first to do something, check the Pepe community because they've probably done it years ago. Like it's just it just show that that idea and the culture is just showcased through all these events. Yeah, I, th- I think like with Pepe events, I mean, it's definitely like the core of like this whole like crypto art movement. Like people get involved. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be like a constant creating Pepe artist, but like Rob, Rob just sent out a tweet earlier today about kind of the last sentence and it was pretty adapt. It's like you, if you're in this space, you've pretty much made a Pepe. Like you kind of, you kind of are forced to go down the rabbit hole a little bit to see like how your art can be pepified a little bit. And that, that's, that's a pretty big nod, I think, to what, what everybody in this community has done. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I have here pulled up on the screen as well. There was a, a surprise B2B to B2B with DJ Kubert, Rare Skrilla, and Bunzi uh, with special guest <laughs> DJ Pepe, of course. How, how did that event go? It was awesome. We, we, so we got double booked at this club funny enough which happens and so we got in there and our, our organizer got in there first and she was arguing with the club guy you know <laughs> like, we're supposed to have the big room blah blah but we got there and we're like you know what the small room's kind of ill it's dank it's like you know we didn't we didn't expect like thousands of people to show up so it would pack it out pretty good and uh, we ended up throwing it in the small room had a good sound system and everything and then it's funny because uh, the main room the dj over there i don't know what the fuck was going on over there but no offense to whoever that was going on over there, but the shit wasn't popping. And like, so all their people, all their people came into our, our little room. So it got, it got pretty live for a little while in there. And uh, yeah, it was dope. I mean, you know, we were, we were playing Pepe tunes and hip hop, reggae, fucking drum and bass. Everything was kind of going on in there and it was a good time. It's it's awesome to see. I've pulled up the the itinerary here. It shows there's you know your NFT factory for for three days. There's live painting sessions. Right, that event that we just talked about was the opening party. There's there was the auction, which looked like that's what ended ended it. We do have Joe who's joined us on the stage. Joe, we we brushed over a little bit about your your workshop, which was live stream. Would you like to tell us a little bit about how that experience was? I heard you got kind of a, a whole variety of individuals from people off the streets to develop Pepe froggers to, to little kids creating Pepe's for the first time. Yeah, it, it ended up being really great. I thought, uh, thought everybody had a really good time. And it was something I was, when we were organizing the event, it was like, I gotta, I want to try to do something where like people can, people can kind of experience the like the process of like creating a pepe like minting it on counterparty and like having that full experience so a little bit of a challenge for me but i think that the end result actually came out really cool and i think it's a cool model we could use going forward for other ends um and stuff like that and what it, what i did was anybody kind of familiar with rare pepe wallet one of the one of the features that i i put in there relatively Relatively early, I probably end twenty end of twenty sixteen was gift card feature, and all that was was it's a paper wallet with a little bit of Bitcoin in it and an asset, so that 
you can give it to somebody, you can print it out, you can you can send them the, the picture of it, or you can print it out, you can literally give them a gift card with the code on it, and all that code is is the private key, and the, the, when they type it in, the wallet recognizes that private key as, as a little special and just sweeps the, the Pepe into their wallet, so they don't really need to do anything, they don't need to get Bitcoin, they don't need to do anything like that, they can just use this gift card and kind of kind of claim this Pepe. So I used that model, except I made 0.5 XCP gift cards. So for anyone that doesn't know, to mint a, a named asset, like what all the rare Pepe's are on Counterparty on Bitcoin, you need a little bit of this token called XCP, which is the, uh, the Counterparty token. And you need 0.5. So I made these 0.5 XCP gift cards, and then I just tweaked the UI in the wallet to to recognize them as what I was calling a mint pass. And I was just kind of trying to think of the best terms that somebody that had no idea what, what we were doing in there could just like figure out. And so all you need to do is create a wallet, you scan the QR of the mint pass, and then you 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 create your Pepe, you upload the image, you name it, and, and off you go. But now the, the little tweak from there is, well, Generally, people that make Pepe's are kind of drawing them on their on their computer. They're using Photoshop. They're using more than what a phone could afford you, let's say, or the what the average person would have on their phone. So that kind of made it more fun. So everybody knows how to how to color with markers. We all we all learned that when we were little kids. So it, it was like it created this sort of experience where everybody just like felt like a little kid. And I had a few people that, that came up to me or, or were a little hesitant to, uh, to do it. Oh, I I'm not good at drawing. I can't do that, whatever. And it's like, and, and one of the things I try to tell them is you, know, you don't have to be good at drawing. Like some of the best Pepe's are, <laughs> are not like artistically, like, like classically trained artists, like doing something like, um, so I, I think I convinced at least a few of them to go ahead and do it. And we had we had a lot of a lot of people just participate, and I I did the workshop over two days, and I made sixty mint passes, and we used every one. And there were a couple people that were a little late and didn't get one. But I what I'm going to do is I got to I'm going to go through the addresses and see if there's any that were unused, like someone grabbed one and like didn't use it and it got thrown away or something, and then so. Hopefully there'll be a few there, and um, I know a few people who didn't get one. Hopefully I can I can send them one of those so they can they can mint from the uh, those original mint passes. So yeah, it was a, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I think I think everybody had a lot of fun doing it. There's a directory. One of the guys that was there put together a, a directory and called them Fest Rares, which I thought was great. Um, then the archivist. Um, on Twitter, and so it's great. It saved me the saved me the effort of having to having to put that directory together. So, but what's really cool is you can you can figure out. There's a, what I did is I did a single multi send transaction to fill all the mint passes. So you can trade. You can actually trace the origin of those mints, those sixty mint passes, back to uh, my original Rare Pepe wallet address. So I I sent them right from right from the one that I I used to create like Pepe Party and um, Still Pepe and some of those really early Pepe's. So that's the kind of link back to the, the on chain link back to the like original Rare Pepe's. Wow, that's really cool. So so people were able to. Am I understanding this right? People were able to 
somehow take a take a drawing basically and use their camera then to actually create the the card itself is that right so basically snap a picture yeah exactly so i had a bunch of printouts that were it was the classic the card template the uh, the template that mike provided on rare pepe directory for creating your cards like the one that akamoto cards on the first first bunch of cards at least in series one and uh so i just made that black and white, made it big on a sheet of paper, added a little QR to help people get to uh, Rare Pepe Wallet quicker to mint it. And yeah, they, all you had to do is, and, and what's kind of fun too, is like, you didn't even need to take the picture ahead of time. You could just, when you go to select your image, pretty much every phone will give you the option to take a picture instead of selecting an image from your, from your library. So just snap a picture. So it's funny, like, some people did, they were pretty creative. Like there's one with, that was like a drawing of a beer bottle, but then they just put a beer bottle in the lower like left-hand corner of the picture that they took. There was these uh, like flashlight things that would uh, create, like project the Pepe on the wall. And so, so, so it projected that onto the sheet of paper and then took a picture. So it was cool. A lot of things that I wouldn't have even thought of. People were very, very creative putting them together. Yeah, it sounds like a really good experience. Before you came on, we brushed over the, the new updated Rare Pepe wallet, rpw.wtf. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Joe, Joe's the creator of Rare Pepe wallet, which was the first wallet to really trade Rare Pepes. Could you dive in a little bit, maybe what the differences are, or maybe what are the new upgrades to the new Rare Pepe wallet and kind of just dive into why you decided to create a, an updated version of it? Sure. So the latest, I'd say the latest bleeding edge version, the one with the uh, mint pass capability, I'm hoping to create a way anybody can create mint passes. So you can give them to your friends to kind of make that they don't, they control them on their computer if they're, if they're not time limited. So that's, it's rarepepewallet.wtf. So when I originally launched the first version of the newer site, I've used rpw.wtf. I'd say I kind of did like a soft launch. It, it's a brand, it's it's from the ground up, a new wallet. So I wanted to make sure everything was kind of working before I really built it out. So that's, I released that maybe a little less than a year ago. And I really haven't had any issues. Everybody's been able to use it with, with little to no issues. We've, we've kind of worked out the bugs and everything. So going forward, I'm going to, I'm going to use rarepepewallet.wtf as the kind of main wallet address. Anybody that's using the RPW, you can keep using it. I mean, it's fine. I'll, and I'll, I'll migrate you in a way that's, you won't even know probably. So yeah, it's uh, the original rare Pepe wallet was kind of, was a lot of spaghetti code that just kind of got more and more spaghetti, let's say, as I, as I built it out in 2016, 2017. And so it's got a lot of technical debt in it, which made it very difficult to like add SegWit addresses and some of the new functions, the counterparties has added over the years since it was released. So I just wrote a new one from scratch was, was, was a little more about how I structured it. So that I can really build this one out. So yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. One of the great things is uh, you can use a hardware wallet with it. So yeah, let, let me ask you there, cause I, just for newbies like myself out here and, and people who don't really know, what's the best way, what's the way you would recommend people connecting it to a hardware wallet? Do you, do you, should they use an existing, one of their existing wallets and just connect or should they use a fresh hardware wallet? 
you know, what's your, your view on it and kind of best practices for people who are kind of just getting into counterparty maybe, and, but want to hold their stuff, you know, securely, what, what would you recommend for them? Yeah. I mean, you can use it. it so it, right now you can use it, uh, a ledger wallet. So you can, it's like a, the nano nano X nano S plus, they all, um, work with it. No problem. Um, and so if you're already using your hardware wallet for, um, for Bitcoin, you can, you can still use it, um, with, you can use the same wallet with your rare Pepe wallet. One of the things with counterparty, as opposed to something like ordinals is you're not at risk of like sending out your Pepe's accidentally. So like you could send out all the Bitcoin from your address and you'd still hold all the Pepe's because it just doesn't work the same way. So you can use an existing wallet if you want or, or buy a new one if you want to keep things separate. I use, I use multiple. I, I never want to put everything in one place. So I use multiple of everything. So they're not very expensive. If I would say that the way I would recommend it if you're like really going to get into collecting is just buy another hardware. I think they're like 80 bucks or something. So just buy another hardware wallet and use that with your rare Pepe wallet. But yeah, it's, it's really easy to connect. It'll walk the the wallet will walk you through it. it. Tells you exactly what you need to do, how you need to set it up. Nothing special. And uh, yeah, go from there. I've been using the the hardware wallet a lot over the last year, and it I like it. I think it's a it's it's nice. It gives you a little bit of peace of mind that your your private key is is separate from your your main computer and works pretty well. It doesn't have every function what that counterparty has so like you currently you can't do multi-sends from uh, like from rare puppy wallet you can't do things like you can't do dex orders so that's coming soon two weeks the end but uh, i am work now that i'm back from paris i'm working on creating some like cross functionality between awtf and rare pepe wallet so that it's like a more kind of fluid experience between the two of them. Right now you can use a rare Pepe wallet to like sign in to FAWTF, but you're more just like seeing orders and stuff. You're not necessarily like able to click on them and say buy or sell. So that's coming and that should be really nice because you get a lot of market information in FAWTF. So it'd be nice to be able to kind of like work like go through that as your way to buy and sell Pepe's without having to have kind of multiple things open at once, cutting and pasting and doing all that stuff. So that's kind of the next thing I'm going to work on getting that going. So yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to build still. I think it's, we're, we're moving in a good direction because we, we're getting more users and we're not having, people aren't necessarily getting, getting hung up like they used to. I, I honestly think a lot of that is just People that have stuck around from the like NFT peak bull market are just staying around. And the more they learn about crypto and how to use a lot of the software, it just gets easier in general. So I think we'll, we'll probably, I'll be, I'll be answering more questions in the next bull market, I'm sure. But for now, yeah, Rare Pepe Wallet, WTF. If you want to experience the, uh, the original Rare Pepe Wallet, that's that's still fine. That's at rarepepewallet.com. It's just, it's kind of, uh, you, you can do, you can actually do some stuff in there you still can't do in the new one, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm not planning to update that. So that's kind of like, it's, it's a, a little time capsule. Um, you can still use that to get the experience of it, but if you want to use a hardware wallet, um, 
and you want to do I've added like sweeps, asset transfer, a couple other things to, uh, to the new Rare Pepe wallet. So it just kind of gives you, it, that'll be the one that gets updated. So feel free to give all your suggestions on the new one and don't give me any suggestions on the old one. <laughs> feel free to give me suggestions and they will be ignored. <laughs> yeah, well, c- congratulations on the success so far, man. I know we, I helped test you, test with, or helped test it with you a few months ago it seems like you've made a lot of a lot a lot of progress so old his the old rare pepe wall is now a historical nft we're going to tokenize it and we'll sell it off to the highest bidder and call it a day exciting exciting times move kind of move moving forward a little bit i'm glad we have a script uh, uh, one, one thing one thing real quick jake i would say that the thing about rpw.wtf as well that no other place has and I know Emblem is going to be working on it too. I talked to Shannon, but you can experience all of the art and fake rares, like how it should be like with MP4s and sound and everything like that. And I think that's, that's a real important thing. You don't have to like go to X chain to uh, view it. For sure. Yeah. That is, that is very exciting. Well, I'm glad you brought up fake rares because that was literally the next, the next topic. So we could perfectly segue ourselves into it. I right before Pepe Fest Series 16 dropped. I, I know a handful of artists at Pepe Fest had some sort of intertwinement between their physical pieces. Like I've pulled up here on the screen, Blob Pepe. I know there was some physical stuff. We have Zero G on stage who created an action figure. So maybe I'll start off with Zero G, man. Tell us about this, your, your fake rare. It's Series 16, Card 7, Issue 55. It's an action figure like a literal action figure, I'll pin it up to the top. Tell us the meaning behind this. Yeah, sure. So I actually just burned that down to a 50 because uh, my supplier shorted me by five. So instantly rare. <laughs> Sounds like my drug dealer. That's <laughs> like, okay, well, well, we'll roll with it. So it's, it's funny. I had, I had talked to Easy B a long time ago and, and I knew that he had the, he had shown me how he was starting to make his, his figures a long time ago. But, you know, that was, it seems like it's been like a year ago, but I kind of like, I, you know, I, I wasn't planning on doing anything like that, but I was working with uh, Evil of Vandal on, uh, he helped me create the animation for my uh, notable Pepe. And we were able to like, I don't know, things were, were really fluid back then. So I decided uh, originally I was going to have that video be, uh, be my fake rare, but then he actually suggested, I didn't know it was a thing, but that there's a, a, a guy in the UK who creates, he uses one of the resin based 3d printers, which is, it's a little bit more specialist than your traditional, you know, using the spools and stuff, but, but it has a, a much higher resolution. So he, so it was Viva actually suggested using this guy to create the action figures. So even though I'd already heard about Easy B, what he was trying to do, like I purposely didn't like set out to try and yank it or, or you know, replicate it. I, I didn't know that this was a, a technology that you could do on a small scale. So like I use this vendor for the, for the, he does all the packaging. He does a 3D printing. The other thing I thought was really crazy is that like those are all hand painted so that again it, it's it's really incredible if you see like on the on the photo the detail for like the the jeans it's it's crazy i anyway so it took like it, i felt really silly because it took i don't know something like four or five months for these to get approved i just had a box of of 50 of these just <laughs> sitting around so <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really happy to 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 have them as part of the as part of fake rares. I've I've been a big big fan of that, and it's just been a lot of fun. So if anyone uh, if anyone is is after them, you can 
DM me and and if you have a OG rare Pepe that I don't have, we might be able to work something out too. Yeah, Zero G, one of the top Pepe collectors in the space. Incredible job again, pushing you know the pushing innovation when it comes to the NFT quote unquote ecosystem. Rare Scrilla oh, for those. I did have Go ahead. One final thing is the final thing I wanted to do is I I have on the back of the packages it doesn't show in my exchange description. There's a, a small circle where. For people who want it, I have a an NFC chain wallet where a token can actually be stored in an NFC sticker on the back of the packaging for the full like digital experience. That's optional for some people who don't want to bother with it, but I thought that's that's definitely kind of a, a cool touch for people that you know are, are really into the the physical side of things. For sure. Yeah, really absolutely, good. absolutely good job, girl. I wanted to pass it to you as you know, mm-hmm. kind of quote unquote, the creator of fake rares. Tell us a little bit about the curation of series 16. And I guess just recant a little bit on how the fake rares project has been through a 16 series up to this point. Yeah, we were, so we were looking for a wide variety of kind of like art that represented Pepe from like, you know, high level, you know, artistic ingenuity to you know like the dankness you know same thing we we, we carry it the same way that we kind of normally do you know we, we put out a lot of cards it was our biggest drop actually of fake rares i think we put out 22 cards maybe for that for that drop so it was definitely a lot so it was a big drop i kind of wanted to do a big drop to kind of like you know, coincide with like the big Pepe Fest, like the big energy, the alpha experience and all that stuff. So that, that was kind of our, 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 you know, motto with that drop. As far as fake rares, I mean, just is what it is, man. It's just people creating Pepe's. I know we, we started because, you know, we wanted to kind of like continue rare Pepe's. It closed down in 2018. So it was kind of a way to, you know, bring Pepe's back over to XCP. There was a lot of like Pepe hype and people making Pepe's, you know, in 2021, you remember like the foundation rush back in the day where foundation was basically all Pepe's. And we saw that there was like, you know, an appetite for it. So, you know, it just kind of sparked us to put, you know, fake rares out. And I think most people probably listening know the story a little bit about how that kind of spawned is like kind of like a, a bit of a troll, but, you know, it was also more meta than that. You know, it was something I've been looking to, I've been looking for a way to create Pepe's in some kind of directory on XCP, you know, you know, really since it's it closed, but really since 2020, like I started brainstorming with people. I mean, at one point in the summer of 2021, before fake rares came out, I, I messaged Theo and Joe Looney and I was like, yo, these guys over here at liquid, they want to put rare Pepe's on liquid. You guys think? And, you know, I wanted to make sure I got the scientist's approval that, you know, it was going to be a good thing for rare Pepe's because I'm also, you know, a very large holder of rare Pepe's and, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to screw up the legacy. So they were both like, nah, that's not real Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, it, it was always like something in the back of our mind, like what, how we could keep, keep it going. And, you know, I think it helped. It really helped energize XCP a lot. I mean, more directories started coming out, more people started coming over. You had people like Dark Farms just even like creating just like his his Pepe's on XCP where he was doing his daily Pepe's for a while. 
It really, uh, I think, brought eyes over not just to collecting Pepe's on XCP, but also people making new art, new memes, new Pepe's, et cetera, over there. Yeah, really, really good job. I pulled up here, <clears throat> excuse me, I pulled up here on Pepe.WTF, the fake ASF card, which you which you have to burn to submit to the fake rare directory. The current floor is 0.671 ETH, about one grand. It looks like there's about 1,124 remaining in the collection once those are all gone and that is the conclusion of fake rares itself so still got a long mm, way to go not, not necessarily that's not necessary <laughs> no? oh, here no. you are jake putting artificial scarcity on I it thought again that's what the rules were did they change or is, are you giving us no, no, the rules for, are that yeah, until yeah, they change the rules <laughs> yeah the rules are all fake anyway but from the very, <laughs> from the very beginning of uh, fake rares we always said this is an experiment and you know something that we were you know we have no idea when it'll end or anything like that, but a fake rare, you know, fake ASF, it was kind of a, an implementation that, you know, we want to make it a little bit different than rare Pepe. So, you know, that was a community created card. And, uh, you know, at first we were only going to drop a thousand out where everybody got 10 each, the first hundred addresses, but there was a mistake made by the sender. And uh, I think one person got like an extra one or something like that. So then we're like, fuck, we got to create you know 999 more or something like that and then we ended up just dropping up 20 i think per address and it was kind of like a game theory like there was a project on ethereum that i kind of like got the idea from where they like rugged the project after like three series but it was kind of like a dope idea where you know you had to basically you know the same thing kind of like burn your your tokens or your art because the first token or whatever was like a piece of art you had to burn it to get it into the directory and it's kind of like is your art dank enough to do you think feel like your art is dank enough to destroy this piece of art created by so i think fake asf is like a great piece of art it's created by 21 artists that you know lended their hand to get that card done in the telegram chat it was just created literally in the telegram chat you know, people came in and animated and added the Craig Wright audio over top of it. And so it's like, yo, are you, is your art dope enough to, you know, destroy this piece of art to put your art in? And that was kind of the idea. And we knew that, you know, as, as most of us are kind of in these tokenized artworks and stuff like that, we knew like eventually, like there was going to be a play for people to like either accumulate fake ASF or, the price would probably like go higher due to being more scarce. And we wanted to see how that kind of played out, not knowing any, any we, we have no idea how it's going to play out and we still don't. Uh, we're getting to that point now where it's like, you know, these fake, fake ASFs are diamond handed by quite a few people. And so it's almost a little bit hard to onboard new artists. Like for a while, like I gave away most of my fake ASF to artists, just kind of bringing them in like, here, come give me a card and I'll, I'll um, give you this token, create your Pepe, but it's not that easy anymore. Um, so it's kind of hard to be like, yo, you over here, yo, it'd be awesome if you made this fake rare. And then, you know, you tell them about it and it's like, oh yeah, but you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta buy this thing for a thousand dollars. It's like, whoa, what the fuck are you? What is this? A fucking scam? Like, <laughs> I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. So I don't even do that shit anymore. It's like, if you know about it, you know about it. Cause I don't have fake ASFs to give to people. So it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, the people that have large, holding to fake ASF, there's a few of them. It's like, almost like, are they playing to put them into notables? Are they playing to curate, you know, sets or curate cards? Because basically 
they become the curators almost at, at a certain point because they're the only ones with fake ASF left. So they don't have to sell them. They can just bring artists in to put them out. And with that said, we also, at the very beginning of the directory said, if there was a time where, you know, submissions paused, where people could not submit after, I can't remember exact wording, but it was like two weeks or a month or something like that. And it just dried up. Then we would have to end the directory because that, that would be the end. So, you know, I don't know. There, like I said, all the rules are fake. We don't know what, what's going to happen. We do know like right now we're slowing down the drops a little bit and trying to keep them more like, I think going forward for a little while during this like wave that we're in with uh, digital art and stuff, like, you know, make them more like, because you ha do have to like destroy fake ASF. It, it is like an economic thing where we don't want people to like destroy it and then don't sell any cars. Like it's like, maybe they should be tied more to like galleries and like events and stuff like that. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to finish out series 16 here over the next, you know, month or so. And then, you know, we're looking, nothing in stone yet, but we're looking to put out series 17 to start with like fake basil and maybe, you know, we'll trickle in the rest of 17, the rest of the year. And then, you know, starting next year, you know, be series 18, like hopefully attached to some kind of gallery or event or something like that. And that's kind of like what we're thinking, just like, because it is getting harder to to submit. And, uh, you know, we do understand that. And I don't, I don't, I certainly don't want to encourage artists to like, you know, put a, you know, month's rent of their house and <laughs> like putting stuff in. So, you know, it, it is that the game theory that, that we knew was going to happen, but that's also why fake commons is around because, Fake Commons literally emulates Rare Pepe trading where you just destroy instead of burning because there is a semantic semantics with that. Like you don't burn anything anymore. You destroy it. So we destroy the Pepe cash and it's like $10 of Pepe cash to get into Fake Commons, which is pretty much on par with what Rare Pepe was doing back in the day. Yeah, I, I I will get into that difference here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, we went there. down that rabbit hole a little bit this week. A little yeah, bit. I got one more thing. You know, as we're on Pepe.wtf, you know, which is such a pivotal you know platform for the Pepe ecosystem. I know Al's down here. If you want to come up and talk on this, if not, you're all good. Pepe.wtf has added a handful of new memes to the platform, becoming almost this this meme superstore. Or super center with rare cocoa was added on September 22nd, 2023, with a nice thread. And then the Woe, I think it's Wojak Way, was added shortly after. I believe Wojak's been around for, for a little while. It's already on series five, what it looks like from here. And then also there's the, I believe it's the memeables, is the other one that was added here which I believe is done through through ordinals. I might have got maybe some of this slightly wrong. The memeables looks like it's been doing really well in terms of auctions. It's one item per day, at least from, from what I'm seeing. A 24-hour auction. So Al, doing a great and fantastic job there. Adam, are you a big Wojak man? Who, which one? Which one? No, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan Wojak. of Wojak. Wojak, Wojak for me, I, don't, I am not, bro. I am not. It's just that meme has never connected with me. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know, man. You you guys tell me, fight me, fight me on this one. <laughs> I'm I'm just not a Wojak guy. Damn, Scarlett, what what's your thoughts on uh, Wojak and Coco and Pepe becoming more of just a, a meme super center? I I love it. I love it. I I mean, the they're all great. The Cocos, 
the Wojak, I mean, the Wojak is like, you know, the yin and yang to Pepe <laughs> on the internet. I think Wojak needs more. I, I love it. I, I think Wojak Way is a super slept on directory. I think you're going to see a lot more Wojak art. Coco's are great. Like the way that Caro kind of came up with the Coco and developed that meme. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, there's a lot of great artists. And Caro's a, you know, super prolific, like, you know, dude. I don't know. He does a lot of shit. So uh, I definitely like that. And, and the memeables, I'm super bullish on the memeables. I think it's like documenting like crypto art history or like even like not even crypto art history, more like crypto history kind of, or like even like history on the internet and like these daily memes, if you look through them, they're all pretty relevant. And, uh, you know, I think it's cool. I think, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's, I don't think there's been any promises, but I'm sure there would be like, you know, comic books with these made. I, I've already been hit up by a publication to publish my memeable in the publication and it's coming out in like a month. They're literally like, you know, it's a whole new like creative level of like, you know, you're making memes, which is dope. I love memes, but like, you know, as a young kid, I, I always, I used to draw comic strips and shit like that. I kind of got away from it. And uh, the comic strip is kind of like, a, you know, it's like using memes and even developing a, a whole like narrative and story with these things. And I, I think they're really dope. So I like them. Skrill, what's up? What's the process? what's the process for a memeable to, to submit? Same, same as most of them. I think you just go on Pepe WTF and, you know, make your, there's a template. They're, they're pretty strict to the template format for now. So, I mean, you just create it and uh, you submit it and, you know, it's free market, like starts at zero and goes to whatever after 24 hours. So I think that's dope. It's not uh, commanding like a certain price point. You've seen certain ones really resonate with the collective. I think like, I think like if I had to pick a favorite, I think uh, Dasha's would be my favorite so far. She like took the boys club meme, like the famous like comic strip and girled it out which is pretty funny and she's a dope artist. And uh, yeah, I, that, I definitely wanted to get that one. I think Bobby Zoo is down there. Got it. But uh, yeah, I, I like them a lot. And they're on Ordinals, which I, I know, I know there's like a little bit of a division in XCP and Ordinals, <laughs> but I, 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 I love Ordinals. I love XCP. I love them both. Anything that's, you know, promoting Bitcoin more and more and getting people into Bitcoin is a win to me. One question, and this is maybe to uh, to Joe. Did, I mean, I know you developed a way to basically store the image on ordinals for XCP assets. Have you found anybody really using that, or what's the what's been the response to that? Yeah, first I want to just say, any every time a new directory pops up on WTF, it's also added to WTF. So you can use that to collect your Wojaks and your rare cocos and stuff. So I think it's I think it's great. I think it's a great idea adding these other direct like tangential directories because as we all know, I mean all all NFTs are Pepe's at the end of the day. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as using, it was, I think what you're referring to is inscribe.art, which is just a little site that I made that kind of lets you add ordinal inscription as an asset description in uh, for, for counterparty. And I know uh, rare ordinals direct, I'm pretty sure the rare ordinals directory uses it as a way to reference the order. So the rare ordinals directory is actually a, a it's something a, a former rare Pepe scientist uh, put together. And that was Bench, and uh, it's he, he started it pretty pretty shortly after Ordinals kind of 
was released and everybody started using it end of January, early February. And it's really cool what you do is you create your you create an ordinal and then you create a counterparty asset with an issuance of one, but you do it divisible. So it's almost like like fractionalizing the ordinal itself. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they use it. You can it, it if you're curious and want to see people using it, you can always just search an X chain the ORD uh, colon, and then everything every asset that uses it will will pop up in your your search results. So yeah, I mean I like like Skrilla said. I mean I I love ordinals too. I mean I think any anything using Bitcoin is great. So. Yeah, it's it's just another way to. I don't, I don't have ordinals, and I don't know that I that I will because technically it's a it would be a big challenge for me. But to add ordinals to uh, ramp up a wallet, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day I will. But unfortunately, you can't do that. You can't use ramp up a wallet for the memeables. But yeah, besides that, all the other all the other stuff on on Pepe.wtf, you can you can. Send your rare puppy wallet and then see it just in the same way as you can your rare puppies and flip them around and, and stuff. So, yeah, and Jake, to that point, we like fake rare artists. Like, there's a there's a few, at least a handful, maybe two handfuls of fake rares that have used inscribe.art, Joe's service. I, I actually have been encouraging it to artists, especially if it's like a you know a still image or a, or a gif. You know, stamp is another one too. Like, I think stamps are great for that. Like, we've got a got at least one fake rare stamp in there but i mean that's just basically like you're using xcp instead of pointing to rweave or ipfs you're using it to point to ordinals as the data provider or you know stamps and you know i think a lot of people are pretty bullish on on that aspect of bitcoin since it's kind of inception to the masses earlier this year yeah, it's very, very good question, Adam. Yeah, just show, showcasing really cool forward-leaning, you know, project of fake rares that you can use pretty much any Bitcoin protocol for your art. Theo, did you have something to say? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, I have an announcement. <laughs> the rugs are sold out. No more rugs available. No more rugs. No, Wojak Way has an event in London in Mayfair, 21st and 22nd of this month. So if you are in the London area, then, I mean, you can get, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can't go, but uh, you can get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with Abstract, who's organizing it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I have two Wojaks that I, in the directory. I've got two or three rare ordinals that I made too. I got rejected from Rare Coco, so they just got it. <laughs> and uh, but I guess I'll try again. But uh, yeah, it's good to see all the different uh, directories popping up. <clears throat> and when, uh, when fake cocos fake coco yeah sure it could do fake cocos yeah <laughs> rejected cocos yeah that that could be a thing i mean let's get it at some next level meta i mean there's always ugly lines you know but uh, yeah i don't know i just wanted to say that there's that event coming up in uh, london and there's going to be physical wojacks which is pretty cool Man, all the cool stuff's happening in Europe, man. Yeah, dude, all of it, dude. Inscribing Amsterdam is is right now, right? Pepe in Paris, so I have to move over across the pond. Moving on to the next section, you know, the big moment. I pinned to the top. We have finally, 
migrated all the fake rares. First, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been patient with us, right? It, it started out as what we thought would be two to three weeks, ended up being two to three months. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you guys for being very patient. You know, Shannon has been in the lab. We had to build out a lot of tools on the back end, a lot more than we expected which I'll get into here in the second. But Poor the- Shannon's aged 500 years, man. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about stress, man. That poor dude, man. Amazing oh, work, man. though. Amazing. Amazing work. Yeah, so some of the final stats, you know, even the tweet is a little bit off now because we're still finding kind of these like edge cases, but it's, it's around 18,000 rare Pepe's were migrated to the rare Pepe collection. I think now we're getting close to 1,600 or no, yeah, close to 1,600 now individual assets, right? There's only 1,774. So, you know, you're approaching 85% of the unique rare Pepe's are available to anybody on OpenSea and getting close to 5,000 unique owners on that collection. You know, quite it's going to be quite amazing uh, to see here. I've pulled up on the live stream, the page. You could see, yep, 1,574 unique assets. We're at 99 ETH in total volume. So we've done about 20 ETH in volume over the last four or five days. We've had some top sales as well. I've pinned or I've started the the banner on the live stream. The Sky Pepe was the top sale this week at 3.75 ETH. That is a rare Pepe. I've also included fake rares if you are watching live stream so we this will be a regular thing on the show pepe fallout sold at 1.99 eth mr hansel at 0.75 eth pepe to nade and fake wars at 0.7 eth and rounding out the end gox pepe fake freed and fake auto pepe at 0.69 eth so there is a lot of interest i'm kind of noticing from a i guess from a trading perspective that a lot of the lower supply or higher supply, lower value cards are being put, purchased um, alongside the shitcoin card, which I've kind of pulled up here as well. Kind of interesting, maybe because they're like beginner cards. There's you know a lot going on. Moving on to the fake rares collection, I'm just gonna read some of the stats and we'll go into the details. Fake rares at the end of the completion, sitting at 321 unique items, 1326 total items at 620 owners with 11 ETH of volume. Fake commons was migrated as well. It's it's 88 unique items, 167 total, 108 owners. And closing out the Pepe migrations, there's dank rares, just sitting at 79 unique items, 136 total items and 79 owners so very very you know exciting times to be a pepe artist a lot of availability that's going on there i know there was a lot of questions that had happened so first i'll lead with this we were lucky and fortunate to be a sponsor at 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 pepe fest and while we did that there was a qr code that we we advertised which is emblem markets so you can actually go to emblem.markets right now you could sign up for for a list we're not going to say specifically what it is now but you know it has email twitter handle eth address and counterparty address the only requirement is eth address because i know some people want to maintain their privacy or they do not want to link their twitter handled to any of their addresses. So we completely understand that. The reason why we put this is for emails, probably for a newsletter. We're going to be publishing here pretty shortly. 
once a month. And then alongside, we have a handful of things that we want to do. So the more you fill out, the easier it is to reach you. And as an individual tweet we put out, which was pinned to the emblem post, which I'll pin up here in a second. Emblem Vault's been building towards this moment for multiple years. We're excited to unveil the next chapter of the journey. Emblem Market is going to be a multi-chain experience, which also offers Emblem native experiences and products. So we're expecting the beta release of that to come out towards the end of the year. So very, very, you know, exciting times. There's been a lot of interest surrounding it. You know, we want to be Emblem... We, help assist being the curators of, you know, the curated collections, but we do not want to be the sole arbiters of what is being said. So this type of space will help us, you know, get feedback depending on certain situations. We've already had, you know, a handful of stuff. First thing I want to note here is that let me pull this up. Some people had asked why the rare Pepe's may not have been why they've not been migrated. So we had to go through a long list of things of, of criteria to migrate. So here, I'll give this explanation. And if anyone has any questions, please come on stage or just raise your hand. Pretty simple. So there were 22,000 rare Pepe vaults in general, right? So about 18,000 of them were migrated. That means 4,000 of them um, were edge cases for a handful of reasons. Either there were multiple assets in the vault or they were locked in a contract and the reason why we decided on if there were two or more counterparty assets in a vault is that emblem uh, as a team team member and as a team we do not feel comfortable making the decision on the user's behalf on which individual vault the it, it would go to so for example if you had a rare pepe and a lord keck in a vault first year rich as fuck second the rare pepe collection is for single assets. So Emblem, we did not want to decide which vault that would go to because it could end up being a loss of funds. If that, if we moved it to the rare Pepe and you accidentally sold that vault, the Lord Keck vault goes with it because in the legacy vaults, all of the assets are tied to one single address. So there is no way for us to, you know, break that up because the user owns the private keys. So at the end of the migration, we will put a, a post out and all you got to do is literally just go into that vault and press hide so that one single asset is displaying. And on the last sweep, we will migrate those for you. If you if those if there are multiple rare Pepe assets in a vault and they're very important to you, you can do nothing and it'll go to the counterparty counterparty collection, or you're gonna have to unvault them yourselves, store those rare ones, and then go re-vault them yourself so that's kind of the situation that's going on there i know a lot of people were confused i was confused even setting this up on the back end it's been you know just a, a complete pain in the ass but very very exciting adam what are your thoughts are you, are you still here with me i know you i lost yeah you i'm here screen. i'm here bro man <laughs> I, I i gotta i gotta now i've, I've gotta actually switch internet providers because this is like what three times in two weeks or something it's crazy just like literally just everything off at the same time and uh, so yeah i gotta switch internet providers but yeah i think you know this it, it is a little bit difficult to understand and the hiding aspect is uh, you know is one way to do it if you if you have cards though if you have multiple cards in a vault and both of them have you know value just unvault them and revault though i mean don't, don't hide unless you want to just keep them in the vault to keep them in a vault and you know you're not going to be selling it 
the one thing we don't want to have happen is somebody you hide it thinking, okay, I'll migrate it. And then you forget that you had other valuable cards in there. And then you sell the one card that shows not realizing you're selling the other cards in that vault. Like obviously guys don't do that. So just, just head on a swivel. If, if they don't have any value, sure. Just hide them and stuff, but just be aware of that. We don't want anybody, you know, don't, don't self rug yourself, you know, for all Theo's talk about rugs and good reminders of rugs. Like don't, don't rug yourself for God's sake, people. Yeah, for real. So moving past that, we've added ways for you to, to self authenticate or verify the contents inside of the vault. It's very similar to how it was traditionally. And if you're not familiar here, if you go to the asset page, so here on the screen, I have Katie, Katie Pepe, you can hit the, the three dots and hit view website. And if you hit view website, then it will take you to emblem.finance, which it'll give you a long list of vaults that have the, the explore address next to the token ID. So remember here, there's a, there's a lot of trade-offs that we had to do in this collection because they are ERC-1155. Um, you know, Shannon even says serializing ERC-1155, which we had to do for this collection specifically, is not something that he thinks has ever been done before. So, you know, we had to really go out on the cutting edge to really develop this type of stuff. We even created kind of its own ERC-1155. I believe he used ERC-1155D and then had to modify it ourselves to get the gas prices down. So some real, real, real innovation happening there. In terms of some of the tooling, a lot of people have asked. So we expect the migration fully to be complete. Again, right? there's no tentative date. By the end of the month, we'll have everything done. I believe right now we're working through some bugs. There are some bugs on Rare Pepe, <coughs> excuse me, which goes into this uh, the difference between the burn burning an, an counterparty asset and the destruction. And I actually think Carsonated is the one that told me this, that in the early days it was burning, which is more of this like manual version where you could take a bunch of counterparty assets and then send it to like a custom vanity burn address. And that's counted as burned because they can't be traded or at least you know there's i think there's some nuances behind it because that person could have the the keys and then eventually later counterparty or exchange added destruction to where you use this one specific address provided to burn the assets down and then that is auto tracked within the exchange so we pull from exchange there's three different there's three like different examples that are happening right now sometimes It'll show on OpenSea the right address, but then on Xchain, it doesn't because of one of these mechanisms. So if you do come across a supply mismatch, whether it's on Xchain and it's showing properly on OpenSea or if it's not showing properly on OpenSea, but it is on Xchain, there's also situations where it's not showing properly on either. Please let us know. I think we're going to have to get with JDog at some point to make sure that it is, it is synonymous across. But right now we're currently identifying these mismatches have not seen it on fake rares, but on rare Pepe, we've identified about six or seven so far. I'm sure there's a lot, you know, there's 1,774 different cards, so I'm not going to go one by one, but we are attempting to find a solution. Good, Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, do, do a quick, a quick technical uh, note on the difference between a burn and a destruction. So first, first, one one broader note x chain is not counterparty right so i know everybody uses x chain to 
as the Black Explorer, but it's a it's an important distinction. I think that um, not everyone <laughs> really understands. Um, it just happens that there's only one Black Explorer, and that's Xchain, but it is not Counterparty. Anybody can run a Counterparty node and and query for themselves, and, and you don't need Xchain for that. So back to the difference between destructions and burns. So when Counterparty was first created, there was a message type called destroy. So rather than rather than sending an asset to a burn address, which a burn address is just what you were saying, it's kind of this like vanity address, usually with a lot of X's in it. So you can be, let's say like 99.99999 with a probably a bunch of more nines percent sure that you can't spend from that address and no one holds the key. What a destruction is, is simply a message within Counterparty that says, I'm destroying this asset. So what it does is it lowers the supply that Counterparty tells you. So if, like, if anyone looks at like Rare Pepe, there were 300 that were initially issued. And I think, I think Damien's up to three destroyed now. I'm not sure, but I think it says, so now the supply of a Rare Pepe is 297. Um, so... That destroy function, it, it actually is like an original function to counterparty, but it was disabled very early. I'm not sure why. Might have just been for like ease of use and not having to worry about like the supply ever changing. But so it was reactivated a couple of years ago because it turns out people love burning and destroying assets. So ever since destroy was was re-added, people have been using that. So yeah, it's a, the, the technical difference is a burn. Anybody can do a burn. Like, you can burn just Bitcoin. That's not a, it's not a counterparty thing. It's just, and, and Ethereum uses the same thing. There's that address with a bunch of zeros and then dead at the end with the last two bytes. It's the same idea. Anybody can burn any crypto by sending it to an address that you can reasonably determine there's no private key for. I won't get into the nuances of that the whole other discussion, <laughs> but yeah. And what destroy is, is a specific counterparty function to destroy an asset. So yeah, it's, it's effectively you do the same thing pretty much, but yeah, it will affect the total supply. So it used to be with counterparty, once the, once the supply was issued and an asset was locked, um, you could just use that number forever. You never had to query the API again to see what the supply is um, because you know you couldn't issue more and you know you couldn't, couldn't create, you couldn't destroy any. Right. But once destroy was added, now you can't really do that. Um, you have to query supply as often as you would query balance, really, because anybody could could have destroyed one of the assets. So some some stuff that was built before that was activated doesn't quite look like like the original Rare Pepe wallet, for example. Um, if you go in there and you look at total supply, it's not going to show the supply after any destroys that have happened because it, it just is at the time it was created. You, you didn't have to worry about that. So a little nuance for anyone that wanted the technicals of it, but uh, I, I'd say you were, you were 95% right in the description. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. There's always something slightly wrong with that, but again, just, if anybody notices any differences, please reach out to us, either shoot me or Adam a DM or open up a support ticket. Best way to get in contact with us. If there's a technical issue, go into the emblem discord. Because uh, we are right now working through a few bugs that have popped up again with fake rares, the MP4. There's some there's something wrong with the MP4. So Shannon's working on that, I think, right now actually to solve. So those are the two kind of big metadata issues 
that we that we need to solve before we move on to the rest of the migrations. Somebody had asked, Skrill was asking yesterday about this bulk minting tool, which is something we're going to release before emblem.markets is live. So this is the idea of, let's say you're dropping a new fake rare, you have a hundred of them and you want them all vaulted. You could basically mint a hundred vaults at the same time and that you'll be able to copy the address all in one click. And then you could go to free wallet or rare Pepe wallet and then use the multi-send function and send it off. So it'll re drastically reduce the amount of clicks. We think this will be very important, not just for Pepe's, but all of the, you know, older quote unquote historical NFT counterparty collections like Bitcoin, corn crops and Oasis mining memory chain, right? And then you go over to Doge party and all of these different collections. This will be for ERC 721 and 1155. We have to create two different kind of products, but it'll be essentially this idea where there will be probably some sort of deposit address that you send them all to whatever assets you want. And then you just hit mint and it'll put them all into their individual collections. So that will be live at some point before Emblem Markets is published. Also, Emblem.Finance, we are having a new UI that is, I believe, about two weeks from being done, from what I've been told. So we're really just going to have new everything between the bulk minting tool, a new front end. I know Emblem.Finance is a pain in the ass. Trust me, we know. Adam and I have talked about this many times. Um, right. The fact that there's also no mobile experience th that we've got here is quite wild. So emblem.finance and emblem.markets are being built for the mobile experience. So huge, huge plus there for the discovery of rare Pepe's. I was talking with Skrilla brought this up last night to me as well about royalties for fake rares and rare Pepe artists. It was something that we'd promised and we were working with Pepe.wtf. Um, since that had happened, right, royalties went to zero officially. Well, they'll be officially at zero, I think, February 29th, 2024. So at, as Emblem, uh, a team, we are building our future in with the scope that royalties are going to be at zero. We don't think they're going to be coming back. Although on Emblem.Markets, we will have control over royalties because Emblem vault us as a team will be moving to the marketplace fee right whereas on on OpenSea, we're historically the royalty fee so if we control the marketplace fee on emblem.markets it means we will be able to offer royalties we've been talking today and the last few days me shannon adam and the team about how we're going to go about it there's a few different options we do want to offer royalties there might have to be some some trade-offs and sacrifices in terms of whether there's a royalty limit or how we share the fees. So, you know, we hope that the community can work with us as we kind of propose these ideas in these types of conversations. Again, Emblem Markets, right? We have to remain, <laughs> excuse me, competitive with the other marketplaces, but we also do want to offer royalties. We will definitely, if we will definitely start with Rare Pepe and Fake Rares to start, probably Spells of Genesis too. So the, again, if, Pepe, the Pepe community is Emblem's largest community and moving forward, right? That's where, where the priority is and that'll be the top, top place. So that's where all the experimentation will go, but we really, we're really interested in hearing your guys' feedback. So once we move a little bit farther down the road there, when it comes to the royalties, we'll, we'll lay out all the options to see what, what is best and what the community wants. Cause we do want to offer that, but again, right, we have to remain business operational. So there's a, a few different things where we've discussed, which we think will be a good trade-off and kind of a good compromise, I guess. So we'll keep you guys updated on that. 
Also, some individuals had reached out to us about their rare Pepe's that exist on the Polygon collection. We will be doing a migration for the rare Pepe's and all the collections on Polygon. So there will be a rare Pepe collection on Polygon. And so kind of how we see this future going is as we expand and deploy on all these other chains, which were also deployed on BNB, and then as we go expand on to Solana and Ordinals and Bitcoin and all these other chains, there will be a feature, which is we've already built this feature. You'll be able to move your rare Pepe's in between all the other blockchains, basically with the click of the button. And that'll be very exciting because then you could go chase or you could go follow any of the different metas on all the other chains. Maybe you don't like the marketplace fee on, on E, so you go follow the marketplace fees on a different chain or maybe at one of the NFT finance borrowing and lending platforms has better rates on a different chain. So you could go over there or you want to take Rare Pepe into your Solana metaverse or whatever the case is. This is kind of like, we think a big unlock to how NFTs will be viewed across all the ecosystems and Rare Pepe and the Pepe community is going to be leading that charge there. So very, very exciting times. Again, appreciate everyone who's been very patient with us. At Emblem, it's been you know, a little bit, <coughs> excuse me, it's been a little bit frustrating. It's been tough, but we're finally over, over the hump and moving towards getting a few of these bugs fixed. And then hopefully we'll have all of the migrations done shortly. So I know that was a big mouthful. Adam, would you like to have any final thoughts on the matter or just anything to the Pepe community? No, I appreciate you guys coming up and, and sharing a little bit about Pepe Fest. And uh, yeah, it's what are you what are you going to say, man? Pepe's are awesome. Pepe's are the base layer of <laughs> NFTs and crypto. So uh, it's, it's exciting to get the word out because even though it feels like Pepe's are everywhere and everybody knows about Pepe's, you know, anybody who spends any time with with boomers and people in the real world knows that almost nobody knows about Pepe's still. So it's it's going to be exciting over the coming years to to kind of get the word out amongst the wider global community about what's happening here. So this is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And again, oh, one final thing before we close it up here, there was a big debate in the, 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 the emblem discord. It was this idea of this supply. It had to do with the supply trait and on OpenSea, there's two options to go about traits. You either have like the, the trait filter. So when you go underneath, when you go underneath one of the rare Pepe cards, like if you go under rare Pepe, it'll say 298. But obviously, this makes a bad experience if you want to filter for anything that has a supply of 300 or less. So on the other end, you can have this kind of filter to where you can have this slider. The, 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 the decision of why we went with the filter where you could click on the supply numbers, but it gives you all these different options, is that if you do the supply range, then it takes away the supply trait, if that makes sense. So if there's a supply range where you can filter one through a thousand uh, supply cards, then that trait supply number won't be under the card. So if you'd land on a card, you'll have no idea what the supply is. And so we led with- Well, and that was, shoot. Well, that was kind of my point too. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I've been hearing a lot of rumors that Michelle Obama has a big old black cock. Jeez, these guys never end. So- so yeah, we're looking into doing both, right? We're going to have to offer, or we're going to have to do some customization. But again, we will have full control over all of this on emblem.markets. So right now we just have to work through different types of trade-offs, how things kind of complement one another between 
Emblem Vault, X Chain, and OpenSea. So, right, this wasn't originally. Yo, how's that? How's that look? If I burn a card today, like how how quick does it change? I'll have to ask Shannon. I actually do not have the direct answer for that. Again, because we're, we're still working on some of the metadata stuff. So once we got once we finished with the the Pepe migrations, right? There were some things on the back end, some bugs that popped up that we're working through. So we're kind of trying to assess all of these. From what Shannon just said, or just told me, he said that it should populate automatically. If you're doing the destruction, it should populate automatically. I'll provide more information though. <clears throat> Excuse me, as as we kind of move forward. But yeah, I just appreciate everyone just giving us just some extra time, just because a lot of things have a lot of bugs and different things pop up, and there's so many different kind of unique edge cases. We're trying to really assess all of them and complete them in one fail swoop. Shannon says the metadata system is a manual refresh. So it's burned. You just need to manually refresh it and uh, should be good. But again, we're trying to automate all of it and it'll be more automated on emblem.markets. There's only a handful of things we can control on OpenSea. But we do have a direct line of communication with OpenSea and they're very excited about the Rare Pepe community. So they tend to be a little or tend to be pretty quick on some of the asks that we have. But again, they don't. They don't push through or have a compromise for all of them because some of them are just like UX things or UI stuff that they don't want to offer just uniquely to the Rare Pepe collection. So without further ado, if anyone has any other questions, you can come up on stage. If not, we're going to host this in two weeks again, probably at the same time. Everyone is more than welcome to go. We want to create this as you know the Pepe space as we go and explore different types of marketplaces. Oh, we are also looking into... Pepe, the cryptocurrency purchasable for rare Pepe's on Emblem markets, right? So you can complete the full Pepe loop. It's still just something we're exploring. We're working right with the people we're building the marketplace with. There's a lot of still moving parts. So just speaking openly as we build kind of in public with all of you guys, appreciate um, everything that you have. If you ever have any questions, please, again, open a support ticket in the Discord or shoot Adam, myself, Chris or the Emblem official account ADM, and we will work through it as fast as possible. Adam, any any final words here before we wrap it up? No, thanks everybody for joining. Appreciate you guys. All right, guys, everyone, appreciate it. Appreciate you, Joe. Everyone, Skrilla. Um, everyone who's on stage, we'll see you next time.